Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of Fun and Games for the evening. I still say evening. We always record during the day now. So I'm not... Do, do I switch it up or I do Do no. I just go into full robot mode? And people listen the people to don't need to know... Yeah, they don't need yeah. to know what we do here. It's none of their beeswax. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Time well, doesn't 11, exist on this podcast. It's 11.37 on, uh, <laughs> on Thursday morning. <laughs> That's it, uh, and we have a uh, we have a little bit of a different crew today. So let's get to it with uh, Steph indisposed as as it's been described to me, and Charlie at training camp. Let's lead things off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. I am um, inordinately excited about the pictures that I've seen coming out of camp today so far, and I think I'm gonna have to buy some kind of Cam Atkinson merchandise. Like, yeah. I feel like I have to. Like, his, he's just so joyful, and I'm so miserable all the time that I'm kind of hoping <laughs> that, like, maybe if I get a Cam Atkinson jersey, like, my life will turn around. That's the key right there. Yeah. That's yeah. all you need, now, every, really. Everything I buy, I think this is the thing. This is the thing. It's maybe like it's a Cam a, Atkinson jersey. What is it? Is it Fight Club, where he's like, my, I was like, this close. <laughs> <laughs> my wardrobe was respectable. <laughs> <sighs> the flyers are not the stuff you own, Bill. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> and that voice you just heard, Stove Jacket himself, Steve Jaco. Yo, yo, yo. Happy to be on and not be dead of allergies, so that's good. I My take today is I'm getting Lindros trauma right now about reading all this this Eichel stuff because they stripped him of the C today. And I guess in one respect, it's it's better than televising it right before a game while they take the C <laughs> off of a jersey and put it on Eric Desjardins. So we don't have that, thankfully. But like, man, if it wasn't miserable enough to be a Buffalo Sabres fan, it is extra miserable today. And, you know, as a Flyers fan who's miserable in general, as Kelly was just saying, uh, I can take some delight in others' misery. It's absolutely I, wild what's going on up there. I, just to, like, I sometimes think... That didn't happen. Like, no, they didn't tell. Like, and they, they, he came back to that team. Eric Lindros yeah. played for the Flyers again. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, physically I, showed them removing the seat off from the jersey. Like, like if you think you're seeing some alive. shit from this team, remember I, that that happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's Jesus Christ. Like, no, no wonder. Like no wonder we are the way we are when it's like oh yeah we have uh we have the best player maybe uh ever fuck him yeah. we're giving it to Eric Desjardins they had a public his brain hurts fuck him yeah, yeah like, he's he getting what a pussy he Knock keeps getting hit in the head little bitch oh he keeps getting <laughs> yeah. elbowed in the head by war criminal Scott Stevens Jesus it's all his fault Christ <laughs> like oh god it was a weird time oh my god I just. Uh, yeah, the, it's it's funny. Uh, here's the thing. Um, Buffalo is not my problem. No. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. And Jack Eichel, also not Eric Lindros. Like, not even a little bit. This, uh, but it is it is funny to see other organizations go through this stuff. And, like, you know, they're in no... Uh, they're, they've made the claim, like, oh, we have no need to trade him. We're in no hurry to trade Jack Eichel. It's like, well... You just strip the C off of him, and I can't imagine, like, that's going to go over with a kid who we all think is probably immature uh, to begin with. And it's over, like, you're in a dispute about a medical procedure, and it's, like, his neck. I, the whole thing is just so fucked, but Buffalo's not my problem, so... Jack Eichel for shit. Ben Simmons, who says no? 
I'd do it. Yeah, I'd actually I like that's, where your that's, head's at. That's the best value they could possibly get for Ben Simmons is <laughs> someone who plays in the same building, albeit a different sport. It's true. <laughs> you got to think outside the bun with this kind of stuff. <laughs> so uh, I got nothing on hockey outside of the Flyers stuff we're going to get into. But I will say last night's AEW Dynamite, the best two-hour wrestling show I've seen in quite some time. Go out of your way to catch it if you haven't already. All right, so we're going to lead it off like an Andy Reid press conference. Time's yours. <clears throat> First injuries. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> you got the mustache injuries. and everything. I know, right? Uh, Kelly is losing it right now. <laughs> she is. She's not even close to her mic I right can't now even see her face. Up. Yeah. Uh, so there was some news emanating from uh, a Flyers camp and all the stuff that uh, kicked off this week. I guess the headline of which, Kevin Hayes. I, at first, they, they were like, yeah, he, he, had, he felt something in his groin and got surgery. I was like, yes, months ago. What the fuck are we talking about here? And then it turns out, no, he had the procedure at the end of the season like we all thought. He had the core muscle uh, surgery. We all thought everything was cool. I thought that injury kind of explained why he looked so lackluster and disinterested because, yeah, if the muscle that controls your movement is uh, injured, you're probably not going to go too fast. Well, I was right. Those things did happen. And he had another procedure. So he felt something in his groin while skating last week, and uh, they went in and uh, operated on it. So he's going to miss about six to eight weeks from the point he had the procedure earlier this week. Elaine Vigneault is calling it ten games into the regular season, nine or ten. Uh, so he'll be out for a while. Listen, all these injuries are different. Some guys can play through them, but then, you know, the recovery's long. Some are more minor than others, but shit, I just remember Claude Giroux and Shane Gostisbehere. Yes! Um, they weren't right before and after. That was the first thing I thought of, and I know I it doesn't sound like it's precisely the same thing, but every single time one of these guys has a core muscle injury, that's the first thing I think of is how long it took for the two of them to get back to anything resembling normal. And it's just like, like everything was looking so good heading into the start of this season. Like, could, could, could we just have like a minute, like one, one no. time that things could just get off to a good start and we could like see what the team actually is off of the bat now we're going to have this whole thing where it's like, you know, two or three key players are out with injury at the start of the season. The team's going to look like shit. Everyone's going to just decide that they're bad. We're all going to forget that injuries mean something. It's going to be torture. Like it always <laughs> is. And it's I just, I want it, I just wanted it to start good. Yeah, I did as well, and this is uh, <clears throat> definitely disappointing. It's bad. But I will say, it does provide another opportunity for Morgan Frost. I mean, uh, I guess. I mean, that's the one guaranteed. Takeaway. That's the one thing I'm excited well, about. Well, I mean, now he has to make the get team. A shot. That's, yeah, he's guaranteed to make the team now. He's guaranteed to be in the opening night lineup, and... Listen, we were all, uh, you know, Sean Couturier goes down early last season, and we all go, okay, here's your chance, and Morgan Frost gets hurt two games into it. Uh, and that was very disappointing, because we were looking forward to seeing what Frost had. Everyone's saying Frost has bulked up a bit, he's looking real good, he's had a great, uh, you know, all the preseason stuff they've done up to this point. Here's your chance, kid! Like, he was a first-round pick, they traded up to get him, I mean, the Braden Shen trade, we can talk that to death. People still bring it up to me. I don't know why. Like, Joel Farabee. <laughs> Joel Farabee outproduced uh, Braden Shen just last season. So, like, it's over. Yeah. We win. Uh, but, like, here's your chance. Uh, if nothing else, at least we get this. Like, it's not going to be Couturier, Hayes, Lawton, uh, Thompson down the middle to start the year. Like, they have to do the Morgan Frost thing. They're forced into it now. And that could mean... He forces his way into staying in the lineup. It's like, just imagine the Matrix gif where it's like, <laughs> not like this. 
<laughs> like, I no, wanted him to be the 3C. Like, I wanted him to make the team there. I didn't want to have to throw Morgan Frost into this 2C spot and just see what the fuck happens. Like, that's not ideal. It it could go really well. Maybe it will. Maybe it'll maybe it'll be really good. I don't know. Um, I think that I saw Charlie say that they had Broussard at 3C. Dur- oh, I mean, good. obviously, it's the first day of training camp. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, but, I mean, like. Yeah. I guess that's an option, even though Derek Broussard himself said, hey, folks, I'm not a C anymore, <laughs> but maybe we'll just do that anyway. I don't know. It's just it's just frustrating that like out of nowhere. Already we're handicapped to start the year. I mean, it wasn't least, what I was looking forward to. At least we're not the Penguins here who don't even have and, a starting center I mean, to start the, the season. On the bright side, like if this is like if we get it all out of the way now, maybe that's good. Yeah. Head into December, full strength. I don't know. Knock out the knock out the bad luck now. Uh the thing yeah. that concerns me most, because I kind of thought this beginning of the year was going to look like the first year with Elaine Vigneault, where maybe they look good, but uh, the results are a little inconsistent, and then they figure it out really in the second half, uh, where things things really take off. The thing that concerns me more than anything about this this Hayes injury is, and I, like, again, I'm not a medical expert, but we did do quite a bit of deep diving into core muscle injuries before and after the uh, Nolan Patrick draft. So we, we have looked into this stuff before, and I always heard, and it goes back to, honestly, when Donovan McNabb had a sports hernia. Ah, uh, sports hernia. First, yeah. When that term first made its way into the lexicon, and then we learned, like, actually, that's not a thing that even exists. It's just a name someone gave it, and it's all bullshit. But I remember when Donovan McNabb had a sports hernia, and they said, he can play with it, and he'll be okay until the tear gets down into his groin, and then it's serious, and then his season's over. So when I heard that Hayes felt something in his groin, and listen, again, I don't fucking know. But when I heard he was skating, and, like, just skating, it's not like he's playing an NHL game. He's out in Voorhees just, like, warming up, it sounds like, and feels a pull, and he needs surgery. To me, that means, man, like, 10 games doesn't seem like... That doesn't seem like all he's gonna miss. And when he comes back, I cannot imagine he's the effective Kevin Hayes we're expecting. It sounds like one of those nagging things that... yeah. Even when it's better, it's not 100%. And as you said, these are the muscles that you use every single time you move even a tiny part of your body. Like, there's no getting away from your core muscles. And it's just, you know, Kevin Hayes is one of those guys that, like, we we need to be better. Like, obviously, the whole team needs to be better, but he's one of, like, the key. You can't look like shit like you did last season. Like, you absolutely cannot. And if the reason that he looked so bad was this injury and the injury is still there, like it doesn't expire, inspire a lot of confidence as far as him improving as much as we would have liked to see, which is a real bummer. And Kevin Hayes also isn't that kind of player that if he's not 100%, he's going to be even worth putting out there sometimes because like he's not like, I don't know, an Ovechkin type where you can just set him up in the power play circle and just fire away. Obviously, nobody's an Ovechkin type. But, like, if Claude Giroux was hurt, he would still be effective at scoring in some capacity. Whereas Kevin Hayes, it's pretty much all or nothing with this guy. Yeah, like, no, some guys can stand still and puck handle, like Giroux, or just sit there and shoot. And, like, yeah, that there's a lot of torque on that Ovechkin shot. But, like, that's it. He's got to do that six times a game. Like, Hayes' whole game is utilizing his size and strength to protect the puck and either dish or shoot from those positions. Man, it's just... In a year where you were just hoping to get some things go your way, like, it's already starting off, I think, like Kelly said, like, after everything that could have possibly went wrong, an entire season of Murphy's Law last year... It it fucking, it ain't starting the way you want it to. Yeah. I'm going to try really hard to maintain positivity. Oh, that's not going to like he's. <laughs> I know. Even like, okay, at five on five and maybe we can, we can actually get, okay, maybe we can get Morgan Frost some power play time. So, uh, like, there are ways they can work around this injury, but the penalty kill... 
which Hayes was such a big part of so two good. years ago. And you were expecting, like, okay, last year was last year and everything sucked. And I know, like, Elaine Vigneault keeps saying, last year is not who we were. Uh, so I got to believe, like, everything was going to get back to closer to what they were two seasons ago. You lose that element right away. Like, you're maybe your best penalty killer. Like, your most dangerous penalty killer, without a doubt. Like, Sean Couturier, an awesome defensive center and all that. But, like, there's no doubt those, uh, you know, shorthanded goals and everything Kevin Hayes did on the penalty kill was, like, a major part leading to the, like, swagger effect that this team had late in the year. Like, they played like they knew they were going to win. They were finally a good team. And a lot of it was because of, like, that Kevin Hayes mentality. And if he's not doing that stuff, it, it all adds up to, God damn, are we in for more disappointment? Like, I, and I hate for this to be like our, like, training camps getting kicked off. I want to be excited. <laughs> like, no, like, I don't want this to be this kind of show today, but this news is not good. And I want to get to the next thing. Like, Wade Allison. Ugh. It's, and like, listen, given his history, this could have been a lot worse, but, isn't it a sprained ankle? High ankle sprain. High which is ankle the kind sprain. of thing that just fucking hurts you for an entire year. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. two of those But injuries. they're calling... Yeah. They're calling it... He's, like, out indefinitely. And I get, like, a sprain, like, in the high ankle. It's, I, I understand. I, I play fantasy football. I know what a high <laughs> ankle sprain is. <laughs> but... Your running but back's like, never the same, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> a, con- a concussion is an indefinite situation. Because, like, brains are fucked. But it's his ankle. <laughs> like, I feel like, I think a lot of times when we hear indefinite, we think that just means, yeah. like, super long-term forever. But indefinite just means, like, could be two days, could be two months. Like, they just yeah, don't no, know. Yeah, no, it's, it's two is, weeks, it's six weeks. I don't yeah, like, yeah, I don't But the, the indefinite, de- like, it just makes me negative. Oh, like, yeah. Indefinite means forever, as far as I'm concerned. It, it, like, it definitely doesn't mean ready for opening night. That much yes, I know. exactly. <laughs> Indefinite's like 16 right now, question marks. <laughs> as of right now, Wade Allison wasn't even on the NHL roster. However, I think we were all impressed enough with what we saw from him in his short stint in the NHL to end last year to think like, yeah, there's a really good chance he's one of our 12 best forwards. Like, in my, that's in my probably mind, the case. Yeah, there was no doubt in my mind that he was making the team. Like, zero doubt in my mind whatsoever that he was going to be on the opening night roster. I had him penciled in on not. the third line. On the yeah, right I wing mean, on for the third sure. line. And it's, this one's a bummer because I was super duper excited to see what what a a full season of Wade Allison was going to look like. And we might still get, yeah. like, nearly a full season. But, like, the idea of him, like, getting comfortable on a line, finding chemistry with guys, unlike before when he was kind of up and down and, and wasn't there for the whole season he is like just a super exciting player and more than anything what this team needs is some excitement and obviously there's like a whole bunch of new guys that I think are going to bring that but he he brought like a certain element of like goofy fuck Eunice <laughs> that this team was missing and he dropped the gloves in one of the rookie games I was excited about. I saw that video and I was so, like yeah this is what we need baby Okay, yeah, but not in a, not in an exhibition game, Wade. Like, ah, come on, buddy. Like, I, I mean, I need you. He can't help himself. I know. It's the the hair. It's the hair. Hundred percent all the time, man. You, the you hair. Gotta, the, he's still rocking. He the just he there. looks like a guy that gets in a lot of fights at dive bars, and so I know <laughs> that's like in him as a human. Oh, but he like, absolutely looks like that. That is a great description right there. I mean, Allison was yeah. the the only thing that was remotely fun about the end of last season. Like last season mm-hmm. was such a slog to the end, and Allison was just this punch in the arm, like literally sometimes. Oh, that's the, like, my post games at the end of last year were, like, counting the days. <laughs> I was, like, a kid. I it, it was, like, the last month of school. I was, like, a fucking kid. Like, I had senioritis so bad at the end of last season. I, I just couldn't wait. And, like, the only, like, yeah. He was one of the few reasons to, like, look forward to the next three hours of your life. Like, <laughs> like oh, yeah, well, Wade Allison might do something. So, like. 
and he's been around and he's been in the organization. We've been waiting to see him. Charlie loves him. So, like, we've been waiting to actually see something and he showed us something. And now this is just another bummer. But I will say there is a bright side. Um, mm-hmm. He only sprained one of his ankles instead of both of them. Yay. Like Damn some it. other... Like some other guy made of glass over in Indianapolis. Oh, Mr. Shovel um, Pass Interception. <laughs> oh, that fucking bum. I can't I, I, I can't get started. I I can't. Is this uh, a, are we talking about Carson Wentz? We are. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, look at me. I we fucking are. nailed it. I wasn't sure. I don't you know I don't football. I wasn't sure. I, know. But I mean I wanna do a football show. There's only Kelly. one bum quarterback <laughs> that we get really angry about right now. That's true. That's right true. now. Yeah, there's lots of them in history. Oh yes. But one right now. I'm more invested in him failing than the Eagles succeeding. I'm right there with you. By far. But I don't even... Failing enough to get the first round pick. Like, doing well enough to get the first round pick. I'm over that. No, I I want it. I want it. They're going to blow it anyway. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. All right. uh, Samuel Moran. More good news. Uh, Jesus, this fucking poor dude. Can we get him new (laughs) loonies? Don't stop fixing these ones. They make bionic these ones. ones. Are, these ones these ain't ones no, are good. no good. You no, need no, you good. need no ones. Uh, it's not an ACL tear. It is, however, significant. Kind of the same time frame as uh, as Kevin Hayes, six to eight weeks, uh, first nine ten games of the season. They're thinking, but uh, he was penciled in as the seventh defenseman. I liked enough what I saw out of him on the blue line last year to think. Like, he had a chance to yeah. be a sixth defenseman or, you know, at least the seven and draw into the lineup now and then. Need a physical edge. There's an injury, whatever. Uh, but, man, the dude was, like, he's finally getting, this guy cannot catch a break. And no matter what you think about Samuel Moran, and there are varying opinions about him throughout the internet, but, like, <laughs> you gotta feel for him. Oh, yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. I mean, every time, every time the guy gets a shot, his knee blows up. <laughs> I mean, I was pretty vocal about my thoughts about Samaran, and even I, like after watching him play a few games, he looked just fine on the third pair. He's he fine, fine yeah. third pair defenseman. He did an admirable job. He scored that goal. Everything he's gone through. Yeah, he did a goal and everything. Good for him. I was That's, totally I him- fine with him being the seven. Although it doesn't. So I didn't. I didn't read a ton about what happened to him, but they described it as just going Loose in bodies. and scraping some shit out. Like, didn't go- didn't Ghost have that done a couple of times where you just go in and it's not really fixing anything. It's just like taking out all of the crumbling parts of your body that are falling yeah. apart because your knee is garbage. Vacuum And then cleaning. it's better. Vacuum cleaning. Yeah, yeah I it's, don't know. It seems like maybe, uh, I know, like, sometimes they can scrape the arthritis out. Yeah. Uh, sometimes there are just, like, bone chips. They, they said loose bodies uh, is what I read. He had them removed. And this might be something that he has to have done uh, like for the rest thing. of his career. You know, mm-hmm. like, maybe it has to be done every single... I don't know. Again, yeah. not a doctor. But it just, like, pushes his timeline back to a point where somebody can step ahead of him. And maybe that somebody is really good and the Flyers are better for it. But it still sucks for him because this was his shot. It totally sucks for him, but I think that, like, realistically, he was going to be the seven. I think at this point with the guys that they've brought in, I don't think that there was a path for him to make it into the regular top six. He would have been a very good seven. He will very likely still be the seven when he gets better because I think, as you said, Bill, they like the idea of being able to draw him into the lineup when they play the Islanders and think that they have to beat the shit out of everybody. So I I do think that despite this little setback, his spot within the organization is kind of set in stone almost just because he's got that big boy size and... NHL head coaches can't get enough. So I feel like if he was going to be the seven, somebody else is going to be the seven for a little bit, but they're not going to be 10 feet tall and willing to beat the shit out of everyone. So once Samuel Moran is back, Samuel, I don't know why I can't talk today. Once he's back, he's going to be the guy. He's going to get into games when he needs to be. It's not like they're going to use York or Zamula as a seven. You know, they're going to play in the AHL. 
and when they get called up, it will be to play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it, unless there's like an emergency situation or something. Sure, but like they're not going to be traveling with the team as a seven for long periods of time. So you're right. When Samuel Moran is back, in all likelihood, he is the seventh defenseman. But God damn it. Like, I really, I want him in, I, like, you, you joked about we need him in there against the Islanders. I want blood against the Islanders. First game, oh, jump them. Like, no. <laughs> After that Oscar Lindblom stuff, the more I watch it, the angrier I get. And, like, they should just jump them off the bat. This should be exactly the same as the fucking uh, Rangers and Capitals. Oh, boy. <sighs> so just Ristolainen and... <laughs> Moran in there just being the bash bros, just taking yeah. out people left and right. I, yeah, just hurt, just cause injury to people. I don't care. Uh, like our, uh, our they, poor little buff boy Samuel Moran just can't stay healthy. The Moran Mafia is just out in the streets with their pitchforks. They're furious right now. I just, it does suck for him. And the thing is, like, I do feel like his seven spot is very secure though, because they're not yeah. going to use Cam York in the seventh. They, I don't want no. that for Cam York. He's either playing or he's not. He's either playing the AHL or he's playing the NHL. I don't want him sitting in the press box eating those flyer-shaped no, pretzels. Stupid. Yeah. Those are yeah. great pretzels, though. Are they good? I always yeah. felt like the flyer-shaped ones were stale. Anywho. Uh, gritty makes them. What can you say? <laughs> gritty makes them. Uh, and also, Zade Wisdom, I think, was it a shoulder? Uh, I think it was I think a shoulder, it's a sho- yeah. It's a shoulder issue. He's also being called indefinite. Uh, God damn it! I've got a show to do. I want answers. Uh, <laughs> you should be calling the Flyers every day and saying, "This is Bill Matz. I need to know what Zade Wisdom's status is right now." And really, that's the one that's bothering me, just because like I love the guy. Uh, I know, but, but he, I'm always he wasn't yeah. gonna be on the team. He wasn't gonna be on the team, but he might get a call up at some point. He was killing it last year. He might still. He'll get back in yeah. eventually. Yeah, and like, uh, yeah, it's not. I don't think he's out for the year or anything. I'm just saying. I would like to know what was going on, and I'm always the one that's like, why does anyone care about injury reporting when they're in, they're in, and when they're not, who gives a shit? But uh, I only really I'd care like with like top guys, right? Like, you know, Kevin Hayes being out. I need to know the minute he's coming back. But like, Zade Wisdom, I love him. I want him to do better than everybody. But he's playing for the Phantoms. I'm, you know, when he's back, he's back. If you had to guess, Morgan Frost and this now uh, being being forced into this uh, higher role in the lineup now, is he going to succeed? Mm. I think he's I going to. Say, I want to say yes, but my so skeptical he, flyer's brain says no, but I want to say thing. yes. The first call-up opportunity that he got, he did not perform well enough to be left in the lineup the second time he got hurt like immediately yeah so like he hasn't i mean the first time all right like he's still a kid he was still small like there's no reason for me to believe that he won't do this because he's performed in the ahl at a higher level than his peers and he got bigger like, that's always been the thing with him, is that he's too small. Well, now he's bigger. Yeah. They're saying he's up to 190, which is, like, bigger than Claude Giroux. Yeah. Like, got, Claude Giroux is... You ever see on. his legs? He's got chicken legs. Like... <laughs> a lot of these boys are pretty skinny outside of the pad, yeah. I gotta tell you. They, it always they gets really me with are, but, like... Always gets me with if, goalies. If Frost, like, if he bulked up a little and can stay healthy... Like, listen, I know it was a very small sample size, and he didn't, like... It's not like he scored a bunch of points or anything. But I liked what I saw out of him last year. He looked competent. I'm optimistic he can at least provide some base-level production for them, especially while Kevin Hayes is out. And then if he gets, you know, put into maybe, okay, now you're the 3C, Mm -hmm. like, he will excel in that role. I'm looking forward to seeing him get his chance, but there is part of me that's like, man, he really hasn't done it. No, he hasn't done it, but this is, 
I think this is a great opportunity for him. If you're going to give him the oh, tools yeah. to win, to go back to Andy Reid, if you're going to put him in a better position to win, this is the chance because he's going to get quality line mates, especially if he starts the 2C. And let's say he's playing with like Cam Atkinson or something. That's a great established NHL vet who can play two ways. Guy really puts you in a good position to win. And if it's, say, you know, these, these lines that Charlie put out there right now from today where it's got Lindblom... Broussard and Atkinson and you throw Frost in the middle of that you know and if Oscar Lindblom is back to 100% after what he's been through and he's playing with Cam Atkinson that's a great opportunity for Morgan Frost to show us what he's got and here's the thing it's not like he hasn't done it like he was not a competent AHLer he was arguably the best player on the Phantoms for nearly the entire time he was there so and and I don't think it was like a Boyd Kane really good AHL player situation. Like I think that it was clear that his talent was above the AHL level. So it's not like we don't know what we've got with him. He just hasn't done it yet in the NHL and the majority of the reason why he hasn't is because he hasn't really gotten a real shot. I think they tried to give him one last year and he got hurt immediately. You're not like, giving him the Michael Layton award for quad A, you know, quad A player. <laughs> Best quad A guy. No. Now, I mean, I, I'm, I don't love the idea of him as our second line center, but given the emergency situation that we're in, it's probably going to have to happen, at least for a little bit. Would you rather but have I him think... there or move Giroux back to center and have him as two center? That was going to be my next question. God, it's such a hard... Because I keep I mean, going back and forth on that, because I think Claude yeah. Giroux is undoubtedly better on the wing, but yes. the guy can play center, and he's but a that's really thing, good 2C. Like, exactly. Right now, he's, with- reliable. he's reliable. You know if you put Claude Giroux at 2C, it's, you're going to be fine. With no Kevin Hayes that. out right now, left winger Claude Giroux is the Flyers' second best center. Mm-hmm. Like, he is. Yeah, and no question. Li- like, listen... They don't have a ton of really great centers, but like he's even though we don't want him playing there anymore, especially like regularly, he's still their second best center. Um, and I think if this Kevin Hayes thing drags on, they will eventually do it. But I really think they're looking for some normalcy, like some just can we just get something set? Like and Av, he likes to switch up the lines. All coaches do because. You know, once the game starts, what else can you really do? Your guys are out there, and you can tell them what to do, and you can change the lines. That's it. You switch switch the up. goalies. Yeah, th- those <laughs> those are those are your options as the coach. Once the game starts, you can like challenge an offside. Like, there's very little you're allowed to do. So, but I, I do think they're going to look for some sort of like let's get chemistry going right away, and bumping Claude Giroux around in the lineup doesn't help doing that. No. And so if there's like, you could have this top notch top line, right. And like a go to like, no doubt about it, top line. And that's huge to have. And on top of that, I really like, you have to put Morgan Frost in a position to, uh, to succeed. And this is that opportunity. And if he can embrace this and if he can run with it, then that's awesome. Give him a few games. Let's see what he's got. If there's any positive to be found in all of these injuries happening so early in this process is that they have a lot of time to work it out. Like we've got a whole training camp to test out line combos. We've got all of the preseason games to test out line combos. So it's not like AV is going to have to figure this out in game. He should have plenty of time to figure out what works best with Kevin Hayes out before they play a single regular season game. At least I hope that he does. Alan, you have one job. You have one job. Fingers crossed on that one. Yeah. All right, so good job. To, okay, yeah, so it's split up into groups. So yeah. the uh, the lines and pairs for Group A, that's what I was doing. Good job vamping there while I was scrolling through Charlie's <laughs> tweets, Kelly. Um, so I, I was really just looking for uh, Steve gave you the Broussard, Limblom, Atkinson line. I was looking to see what the uh, what the top line was. Giroux, Couturier, Konechny. And I, it's not a surprise. Like, that's been an effective line for them. It works. Uh, and it is all things considered. Like, that's their probably best option for, for you know, your top line there. It's either Konechny um, or Farabee up there. Yeah, it's, it's, uh-huh. it's one of those two. Uh, surprised? 
Konechny, after last season, is right back out there with Couturier and Giroux? Nah. No, because I think anybody with some sense can understand that no one demonstrated their true talent level last season. Like, you'd have to be an idiot to think that what we saw from Travis Konechny last season is closer to true than what we saw from Travis Konechny two seasons ago. And Travis Konechny is a top six player on this team. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Without question. And so you put him up there and see what happens. If you have to switch him and Farabee at some point, that's fine. Who cares? But the like, it's not nonsensical to put Travis Konechny on that line. We know that line works. Right. We know that line works. Let's see if it can work again. Let's see if he's getting that, that chemistry going. Because if you can have that as your top line, a bona fide top line, let's do it. Mm-hmm. I man, it's figuring out what like, and again, lines change all the time. They I love change that in lines game, work. they change I mean, in season. I just need like, oh, a yeah, board I'm in like, my house where I can just flip all the names. Like I have, t- I have cards uh, my for notes everybody. app. My notes app is just like fifty percent like lines. Like that's basically what it is. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to. Th- I'm, I keep forgetting JVR is still on this team too. Yeah. Like the same way I keep the same way I keep thinking Voracek is in Seattle. I think they got rid of JVR mm-hmm. too, and they didn't. He's still here, and I'm like, where the fuck is he gonna go? No, no, where no. Voracek is in saddled Columbus. That poor son yeah. of a bitch. My God, I saw the picture of him yesterday. Whew. He's he's got the fresh haircut, and there's the Columbus backdrop behind him. He looks I like, defeated. I was like, this is weird. he has been defeated. Cam Atkinson <laughs> won that. Uh, They'll take a break. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna break here, uh, and then we're gonna come back on the other side and talk about Elaine Vigneault. All right, welcome back, fam. And as I said, we're gonna get into Elaine Vigneault. He uh, had press availability yesterday, and there are some quotes here. Man, I think he's kind of. He's kind of setting himself up with some of the things he's saying, uh, I, and I expect Alan. this. To, Alan, that's right. We're not calling him Elaine. He's got to. He's got to earn his real name, like Dale Weiss. Um, <laughs> Tervis, the Dutch Gretzky. <laughs> so, Elaine Vigneault. Some of his quotes from yesterday were along the lines of, "I believe right now everybody from coaches, uh, from coaches to the veteran Flyers players to the new Flyers players." We all have something to prove. Now we need to get to work and get it done. Uh, He also said, The way I look at it right now is that Chuck and I and his staff sat down at the end of the year, discussed a few things, and as an organization, we probably had a wish list. At the end of the day, Chuck went out and got the job done. done. Him and his staff have come through for us. Now it's up to me and my staff and my players. We have something to prove. Management's done their job. Now, management's done their job. Now it's up to us to do ours, and I wouldn't want it any other way. Man, Kelly, I, I... that's right, Alan. It's on you, it, buddy. What was it number one? It kind of seems on like Big Al's wish list. There, get rid of Shane Costas, pair and Jake Voracek. Yeah, like, ghost. I'm, I bet you Gone. Jake was right up there. Like. I'm fucking done with this guy. He just sits in the corner with his sarcastic bullshit and his <laughs> shit-eating grin. <laughs> He's got uh, no excuse. Yeah, and that's is as long and listen, like coaches, coaches' careers, like they're basically a microcosm of their goalies. Like if your goalie is good, you win coach of the year. If your goalie is bad, you get fired. Uh, but is he kind of like? Unless the goalies are just absolutely horrendous and there's nothing that can be done about it, is he really setting himself up to be like the fall guy here? Like, say they're, uh, I don't know, 13 11 and 1, like the Flyers were in 2009, um, and they are shut out two nights in a row, like John Stevens' Flyers were. Is he the fall guy? So here's the thing like, he didn't have to set up that scenario like circumstance reality at this point has set it up because everyone wanted to complain about the players it was the players fault that they look like shit players weren't working everything was bad okay chuck went out and fixed all that shit he got just about every single piece that he needed to get this offseason he went and got it 
So now we can't complain about that part anymore. So when Michelle Tarion's power play is hot ass garbage, like that's on him now. And if the team in December has a losing record, that's the coach's problem. Particularly if it's a situation like we've seen, we saw it with Dave Haxall and we saw it last year, where every single player is underperforming. When every single player underperforms, you got to put that on the coach. Like, there's just no two ways about it. Like, who else's fault would that be if not the coaches? So I think that if, if the Flyers aren't getting it done, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a change there. I just hope that they don't install... Mike Yo or Michelle Tarian in the Ugh. coaching position. Well, that, that would I take Lappy over like, those guys. Right. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think you're right. I'm, like, I don't know what Ian LaPerriere is as a head coach. I know what those two are, and yeah. I don't want them. No, thank uh, you. No, no ass crew. <laughs> like, no, thank you. Now, yeah, I, like, I have to say, I, I respect this from AV putting this out there, though, yeah, because I think yeah. a good coach does put it upon himself. Going back to Andy Reid again, Andy Reid always blamed himself when the team did bad. He never threw guys under the bus. Good coaches do that. Good coaches don't blame their team. They say, it's my fault. I need to do better. Has Elaine Vino ever done that? He's doing it here. Is he? He's kind of, I think... He said that, I mean, I'm saying this is probably one of the best, better quotes he's had, at least to I say guess, put it on... I guess, but like... We're saying he's put it on, putting it on himself here. In season, I don't think I've ever seen him... Oh, I'm not saying that. himself or his coaching staff. He he seemed pretty pretty willing to blame the players... Oh, last in year? every situation, yeah. Absolutely last year, and I hated that. So he needs to do more stuff like this. He needs to say... Yeah, maybe he's changing. Maybe. I doubt it, but... <laughs> You know, this is at least a step in the right direction. But I would like, I, Kelly, I, I I hadn't even thought about the uh, the assistant coaches part of this until you brought up the power play. And where he says, now it's up to me and my staff and my players. Uh, he is including the players in there, mm-hmm. but he is taking ownership of them and saying, it's my job to put them in that position, my players. Um, but when he says my staff... Huh. I would so like to believe he's also he would, yeah. leaving the door open for that. Oh yeah, the power play sucks because of him. Uh, I would like to believe that he would make a change there, but that's the one that really bothers me because they're like bros, like they're buds, and it. You know how the hockey men be like sometimes. So I worry that. It doesn't matter how bad Michel Terrien is at his job. He's probably not going to get fired. So you think it's an all or nothing? Unless Chuck Chuck fires him. From the top down. Like, you know, if it's either Vigneault and the whole staff or no parts of it. I don't think so. I mean, any part of it goes. We've seen, I think, that Elaine Vigneault can coach this team well. The two assistants... Yo had a good pa- a penalty kill there for a little while, and then it started to look terrible. Um, but I think that he probably can put together a good penalty kill. I have not seen Michel Tarion do anything good the entire time that he's been here. No. Nothing that he's no, done like, has been good. The Flyers have a group of players who have like made their career on the power play, and the power play is bad? Yeah, like, it just doesn't make JVR, sense. Like, JVR was an effective 5-on-5 five five scorer last year and couldn't put the puck in the net on the fucking power play. Because for like, some reason, <laughs> Michelle Terrian thought that, like, hey, this guy has scored every single goal of his career in this one particular spot on the power play. I'm not going to put him there. Like, he fucking galaxy-brained the whole thing. It's very <laughs> annoying. I'm curious yeah, so to see I, how the PK does this year because, you know, the Kevin Hayes injury is obviously worrisome yeah. on that front. But Cam Atkinson is a really good penalty killer, so I'm excited to yeah. see what he brings. No, And they've had a lot of guys get a lot of experience. It's, listen, the penalty kill, it needs to not be passive. It needs yes. to not let nine passes go through the fucking slot. Yes. But at the end of the day, your goalie does have to do his job. Correct. Oh, sure. And... Like that did not didn't. happen last yeah. season. And, and there are a lot of guys underperformed. It's not all on Carter Hart, 
but also Carter Hart was bad. It wasn't an instance of like, oh my god, the defense in front of him. Like, yes, no. and also, like, pucks are going through him somehow, like he's made of fucking Swiss cheese. Yeah, like, everything was bad, but him being that bad was just a magnifying yeah. glass on every he, single problem. He was allowing armpit goals like he was fucking Ilya Brizgalov. I'm like, that should have got stuck in your jersey. How did it go in? <laughs> Get a bag of your jersey. What is, what, is, what is your goddamn, like, equipment made of? Why, why, aren't, why is the puck just going through you? Go see Garth uh, Snow. So, He'll hook you up with some proper equipment. Yeah, get you some goddamn two-by-fours and clothes hangers. Jesus Christ, kid. The fuck? <laughs> what else do we... Oh, that was the thing I wanted to... That was the thing I wanted to say about Elaine Vigneault. If they were to move on from Elaine Vigneault midseason, Hall of Fame candidate Rick Tockett's available! William. He's not gonna leave TNT. Come on, who leaves those sweet TV gigs <laughs> midseason? Oh my God, yeah. Pierre every year like I have too much respect for my contract I'm like you took every interview took every <laughs> interview and then as soon as NBC Sports you. folded he was like taking the cushy Ottawa Senators job where oh that's gonna be a wonderful train wreck I can't wait for that imagine imagine doc I'll never leave your side like, doc <laughs> uh, I would honestly of anybody if they're to do this, Rick Tockett would be the answer. No. Culture no. change, Bill. No. Culture no. change. That's another ex-flyer you're bringing no. in. Yeah, no. baby. No. Who's better? Rick Tockett's not bad. I do like having a coach I that I know could fight anybody on the other team. Yeah. I'll need to see the list of other coaches that get fired once they fire Elaine Vigneault because they fire coaches all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If we're I just, get Rick Tockett, why don't we just get, like, Mike Babcock? Eh, what not? other unemployed bad coaches exist? Why not get both? <laughs> Mike Babcock <laughs> with Rick Tockett on the bench. And we could throw in your dear friend, Dr. Mark Recchi. Okay. Too far. Doctor. <laughs> it was no, an old thank you. Eric Wyshynski thing. I just, I just like Rick Tockett. He's I know. a goddamn badass. He is a badass. He was. Let it live in the past so, where it belongs. I, uh, when I was talking to Eamon on Fly Perbally about the uh, Flyers Hall of Fame candidates. I was like, when I think of Rick Tockett, I think of a guy with blood on his jersey every time. Yeah. No, like, he is a permanent black eye. Yeah. Like, that's just how he... That's just how he goes through... Like, he's living in society with two black eyes. Like, that's... It's just how he goes I, about like life. That. Yeah, that's just, that's just him. Like, that's just... That's his face. That's just like, his face. That's just how he, he just, looks. I don't know. He's... He looks like, uh, we, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, Steve. You weren't on the show a couple weeks ago or last week or whenever the fuck we talked about what the Flyers time? Hall of Fame. Time is meaningless. Um, like, when his time comes, do you see Wayne Simmons as a Flyers Hall of Famer? No doubt like, about did it. did he have enough of an impact? I don't think he did. No, no doubt about it. Fans love him. It, it would. I know fans that is love such, him. No, but... the organization loves him. Every player loved him. Like the the scene at that stadium series game in the locker room, like when know, they knew I... it was the end. Come on, like I, th- I know, I... but is is likability the the metric for Hall of Famers? I don't think some it is. of them it is. No, no, Flyers Hall of Famers because Team Hall of Fame. It doesn't matter about your numbers. I know it's meaningless. It, but... Well, it's it's just an honor. It's just like you see the guys who go to the Phillies Hall of Fame. Manny Trio just went in the Phillies Hall of Fame. Great player, but like, you know. Fucking, I'm pretty sure Mike Lieberthal's in there. Mike Lieberthal, I was at the game where Mike Lieberthal got put in there, and I said, I was looking at the thing they handed out the gate, and I was like, Mike Lieberthal, are you serious? I'm certainly not going to be upset if Wayne Simmons ends up in the Flyers. No, it's like, a team I, honorific, I he's going in there. I understand your position, Kelly. I just think, like, it's not fair to this generation of the Flyers to, like, fault the players that management wasn't interested in making the team better. Like, Wayne Simmons was a, like, if this team has a couple of fucking just appearances in, in, like, the conference final, I think it's, yeah, Wayne Simmons, he gets in. Yeah. But since, like, he was the goal scorer on a team that never did shit, it's like, well, what did he really do? It's like, well, that's not his fault. The management was like, we don't need any defenseman or a second line. You make a good point. 
Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the guys from this era, like they're very thin on candidates that are becoming coming up in like a decade <laughs> that's or so. Also it's true. Like, who else are they going <laughs> to put G- in? G- it's G. Jake and Simmons. That's like, it. That's it. That's it. Like, and maybe Provorov Jake? when if Provorov's career continues going. I on. mean, Would Jake's you put like Jake in the Flyers Hall of Fame. He's got numbers. The scoring numbers, and man. he's up in the top ten on a couple of the Flyers like all time lists. So, I guess. I, I believe me. Oh that's not a popular choice. But here's the question: Would you rather put in Jake Voracek or Wayne Simmons at the end of the day? Oh, Wayne Simmons. Exactly. Well, that question. So he's going up there because Jake Voracek's <laughs> actually got the numerical argument for him. And that was my when we were talking last week. Uh, when Tockett came up, it was kind of the same thing. Like I just look at him the way I look at Wayne Simmons. They're very. They similar. represented Flyers hockey. Like, they're mm. Flyers hockey to me. They're guys like, who were born to be I Flyers. They score goals and beat the shit out of guys. What more can you ask yeah, for? Yeah, like, I look at them and I'm like, yes, the Broad Street Bullies are dead. That's over with. But I still recognize the orange and black, the flying P, as that. And they represented it. I I can't argue with you, so. All right. Do we have anything <laughs> else? I don't. Uh, I think we, uh, probably we covered not. most of it. We did what we oh, set these, out to do. I actually didn't even look at the D pairs, so we I just had, put them down there. Yeah, Provorov is the one that interests me. Is yeah. Me. So we have Provorov, Ellis, which is to be expected. Yeah. Then Yandel, Braun, and then you know Zamula, Sealer, Hogberg, Zanetti. Um, Zanetti, I'm pretty sure, is just like a guy who lives in South Philly that they gave skates yeah. to. That's accurate. Um, he lives down the block from me. Who's yeah. the hell is Sealer? I didn't bother to look, but I I, don't I know saw that him I've ever. Heard he lives him with Zanetti. I hung out with them earlier today. Oh, Sealer and Zanetti. <laughs> yeah. They're also down lawyers. on Passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw Sealer's name on BroadStreetHockey.com as potential seventh defenseman oh, to. That uh, I should read it from time to time. Yeah, potential seventh defenseman to uh, like fill in while Samuel Moran's out, and I was like, that's not a real guy. <laughs> <laughs> These are just lies you're telling me right here. Is this someone we have to sign? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, seventh defenseman, the guy who's sitting in the press box, you just need a warm body most nights. And I mean, after some of the warm bodies we saw last year. So anyway, Yandel Braun, I kind of like the more I think about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm down with that. (gasps) They're just both so old. (laughs) They are. Keith Yandel seems very spry. To me. And I'm calling these guys old as they are like my oh, yeah, age. Yeah. I was gonna say, they're younger than me. I talk about Brian Irrelevant. Elliott as if he's ancient and Brian Elliott's like younger yeah. than me. They're they're sports old. Oh yeah. yeah. But but Braun, we know, is a reliable, actually good defensive defenseman, not just a bad defenseman. And Keith Yandel seems like a ghosty. Yeah, he's so, he's a I, good offensive defenseman. That's how he's yeah. been his entire career. And I'm down with that. I mean, I think the expected pairing is Sandheim and Ristolainen all everywhere too. Seems to be the way that things are headed. I mean, how can you not based do on it? the way they broke these groups up and Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I I mean I'm pumped about Proverbs. Proroth Ellis is going to be awesome. That's going to be fucking nice. Yeah, like that's, I'm very excited about that. I think that. that's the most excited I've been about a Flyers defensive pairing in years. Maybe since Chris Pronger was here. While, yes, um, like, we're going to overplay Ristolainen, and, like, it's just going to happen. I will say, like, uh, Kelly, I think we talked about, like, Keith Yandel. I hope they don't, like, galaxy brain his role. I hope they don't, like, try to overextend yeah. Justin Braun. And if they're just going to be like that steady veteran third pair and not have a young guy on the third pair yeah. and just go, hey, we're going to get 16 and a half competent minutes out of these two. And maybe Yandel get some power play time, yeah. whatever. But like, ah, it could be a lot worse. Oh, like yeah. imagine if they imagine if they decided to put. Sandheim in the Provy spot on power play one. This is like a dream. I know it'll never happen. Put Sandheim in, in the Provy spot on power play one. Put Yandel in the Sandheim spot on power play two. Suddenly, that's probably a lot better than what we've seen over the last couple of years because Provorov, for all of his strengths, 
is absolute dog shit on the power play. They love him there, there, though. They always they, they him love there. him because and he's he the best goals guy. Sometimes. And yeah, that's the other problem is that he scores goals. But like, as far as like distributing the puck and everything is so slow, and it's just like God, put anybody else there and it's see just what happens. So like, so watching every good power play, like move the puck at a lightning pace. And then watching the Flyers' methodical fucking—it's like they're not so wearing skates. Like, <laughs> now it is your I turn. Just, for they the need puck. now it is your turn yeah. for the puck. Yeah, like, like just give the give the penalty kill of the opposing team all the time they need to figure out what you're doing. That's great, boys. Good strategy. Yeah, like it's a game about time and space. You know what we're gonna do? Use neither. It's fucking, it's unbelievable. But I will, like, as long as it's not Provorov and as long as there's just one defenseman on each power play unit, I will be incredibly happy. Yeah. What if they go five forwards? I'm going to write a letter. Awesome. To Michelle Tarian. Didn't they try, they tried that <laughs> a couple Florida years did it ago, a bunch of they? times. I can't remember if the Flyers but ever tried did, five forwards. Was it Scott Gordon after? May, after oh Hack yeah. Got yeah, it was Scott Gordon doing remember. the splits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might have done something crazy like that. I like wackadoo ideas on the power play because who the hell cares? See what happens. Uh, I mean, put five forwards out there. I don't even care Something exactly. Yeah. Also, don't coach the power play. Just put the best players out there. They know what to do. (laughs) Just figure it out, boys. Yeah. Tell them where (laughs) to stand, and they'll score goals. (laughs) And like maybe every now and then switch spots. Like move around. (laughs) Move around. Like, just have a player coach defense. situation. Just let Claude Giroux draw up the entire power play because he's already out there. Just like, yes. Claude, you've been doing this for years. Just figure it out with the guys. Yes. Yeah, like, you're the one with the puck. You you figure it out. Um, I think we did it, fam. We did it. Wow. This is the, this is the last pre, this is the last of the off-season shows. It, like, oh, God. How is it happening this quickly? I can't. Well, we talked about it. The pandemic. It's, it was that... <laughs> Chuck Fletcher really helped us out with that second wave. I mean, helped, but also, like, I mean, Bill, you know, once the season starts, you and I don't get a fucking second. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's podcasting 24 hours a day until uh, June. So, yeah. That's correct. I'm going to, from Friday to uh, October, I think, 19th, I'm going to five wrestling shows. And then Love my social life you. ends. Yeah. And then my and then my social life ends because that's my social life. Like it's <laughs> it's the flyers every other day for six months. So uh, we did Please it. make we it good for the, us, boys. Yeah. We got through the off season and yes, god damn it. Please just be good. I can't take it anymore. You got a bunch of good players. The goalie he shouldn't suck again. Just win so many games. Also, the Penguins. So many goddamn games. The Penguins are the weakest they've been in as long as I can remember. This is the time to break. Thank you, Ron Hextall. The the Penguins have neither of their top two players. Jeff Carter is going to be a starting center for that team. This podcast has never had a good season. We've done this show through shit. Well, the entire time we've existed. I've been podcasting had... for just about 10 years, and the Yamir Yaga season was the only good one. Please give us a good season. We had we had the makings of a good season, and then a global pandemic fucked it. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah, please just be goddamn good. This is it. They're going to be good. You. I'm telling They're going like, to be good. I don't want to come on here every week and talk a bunch of shit. I really don't. I want to just celebrate. So be good. All right. That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you better hit that subscribe button. Season's coming. Like Kelly just said. We're, there's going to be content nonstop every day. Not only do you get BSH Radio and Fly Purbly like you do all, all off-season, but the post games start, checking out the competition starts. We're going to have all sorts of stuff in store for you on top of that. Forecast there is, is coming back. A- oh, the forecast. That's right. See, so much. I don't even know it all. I'm like, I'm like semi in charge over here. Not really. I just show up when they tell me to show up. <laughs> uh, so that's it. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave those good reviews. We're going to have so much content coming for you this season. Thanks for hanging with us through the off season. But now the puck drops, ladies and gentlemen. Training camp is open. It's time to get going. So uh, let's do it. Let's do that hockey. My name is Bill Matz for Steve, for Kelly. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports?
Yeah.